0: Hello and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us online. For daily encouragement, events, service times, and more, check us out on social media. And now, this week's message. Hey, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Megan's preaching this morning. Oh my gosh. The hits just keep on coming. Thanks, Skip. We love Megan. Megan Megan's started working here when she was a child. She's like, she, was, she wasn't as nearly as tall as she is now. Um, man, this message was amazing in the first service. Here's what's the best about it. Megan's really living it. She is living this message. So hearing it from her is really special. And we're thankful for her. So make Megan welcome. Oh, Skip's going to have me crying. Oh, gosh. First service, I was all emotional because my people were in the room. And I was like, oh, wait, this message really is happening. And then I was, oh, golly. But you know what's really funny? I don't know if Skip was actually joking or if he really knew it happened, but we did lose kids on a camp trip a few years ago. And what's even crazier, they like went hiking and then got lost. And Paul Averson, if you know him, he was the guy with the noodle in the back, just like happened to come on the trip for help or whatever. Him and I are in his like huge truck driving up and down the side of a mountain looking for these two kids that were gone for six hours. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to go to jail. Like what's going to happen? And they come out of the brush of the mountains and they're like, Hey guys! So Paul and I are like, let's play a prank on them and tell them we have to go down to the police station and report this. And they were like, no, nah, it was worth it. And we're like, what? <laughs> but what's even like, makes my heart kind of like sad but also excited is. One of those kids is graduating this year and it's just like oh i don't know how i'm going to be a parent because watching all of these kids like grow up and graduate and go away it is like it's really hard y'all and i i go to all of their like plays and shows, and I'm always crying. Like, I'm going to be that mom that's just like, I'm so proud of you. But um, they're all down there in the youth room right now, and I really miss them. During worship, I was like, maybe I'll go down and say hey. And I was like, oh, I can't be late. I don't know. Um, But So if you don't know me, that's what I do. I uh, get to hang out with all of the middle and high school students here at the church. And um, I hope you can tell it is my greatest joy um, to be able to do that. And I have such an incredible team that I lead with. um, And so it's just such a blessing. And I love being able to be up here and share God's word with you this morning. Um, We've been going through... The book of First Corinthians as a church, and we've been looking at kind of how the church of Corinth relates to our church, and how we've been discussing as a staff, as a church, some of our core values and beliefs we have, and how we've been able to pull them out of First Corinthians. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, um, and. <clears throat> When Tommy first shared what kind of the topic was for today, I was a little anxious because I was like, man, this is kind of a hard topic. Like when you first hear the word, it's kind of like, "Ooh!" and I was like, I feel like I always give really hard, challenging messages, and I don't know why, um, but I was like, all right, I guess... That's my, my role here, is to just make everyone uncomfortable, and then they leave. <laughs> but I hope that's not the case today, because as I was thinking through it, God, in his goodness and his faithfulness, was like, Hey, Megan, remember like a few years ago you had the opportunity to preach on something very similar, a similar message? And I was like, Oh, yeah. And I went back through all of my notes, and I was like, There it is. And I remember how excited I was to teach on this, because it's something that is near and dear to my heart, and like Skip says, I've, I've walked through kind of this season of walking in it, but also walking outside of what it is we're going to talk about this morning, and so I'm excited to share with you all this morning, and I hope um, you guys are encouraged by what we're talking about this morning. So this morning, we are going to talk about accountability. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, For some reason, somewhere along the lines, this word accountability seems to have like this negative connotation that's been attached to it, which I don't know why. I think maybe it's because when we hear accountability, we hear or we think of like, oh, people always checking it up on my like dirty secrets or knowing stuff about me that's attached to shame. But really accountability is, is not always that. Accountability is actually two parts to it. There's the encouragement side of accountability, and there is also the uh, admonishment side of accountability, and so we're gonna talk about those things because we as a church, one of our core values that we've outlined is that we wanna be a group of Jesus followers whose goal is to live holy lives and challenge one another to action and growth. We wanna be a church community where everyone is a part of the family, where everyone is participating and engaged. It's not just a place where we come and we sit and observe and then we go home, but it's a place where we belong, a place where we all contribute and we all have something to offer. We often throw around this word community or church family, which I'm going to use interchangeably today, but we throw it around and we don't always realize, I think, the actual weight to what a community is or even understand what community is. See, we have this false narrative that the consumer culture that we're surrounded by has created, that a community or our church is here to serve me and my needs only, I think Amazon has done a very good job at making us feel entitled to getting our needs met and getting them met very quickly. And so when our community fails to meet our needs, or there's conflict or disruption within our community, we write it off and we bail. And although we do want to be a community, we want to be a church that serves one another and meets the needs of our people and the people in our community around us, there is far more to it than just seeking to get our needs met. See, Paul says it so well in 1 Corinthians ten, thirty-three. Just a fair warning, um, I've been in school for the past year and a half, and so when I write papers, I have to like cite all of my sources all of the time. And so as I was preparing for this, I'm like, gotta cite this, gotta cite this. So I've got like a bunch of verses I'm just gonna be like referencing. They're up on the screen. Rachel did such a great job with all of my verses, and she put them on an orange slide because she knows that's my favorite color. Like how how sweet? What a friend. Um, <laughs> And so jot them down. Take notes. It might be a lot of flipping, but we're we're in this ride together. Um, so Paul says in First Corinthians ten thirty three, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. So God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. God, we pray over the next few minutes that you would speak to us and speak clearly. God, that you would encourage our hearts. God, that you would continue to bind us together as a community who loves you, who serves one another, and who strives towards holiness. In Jesus' name, amen. Prior to this verse Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's discussing how church members at the time were doing anything and everything that they pleased and they were doing this because of this newfound freedom that they had in Jesus but Paul corrects them and says look you guys are missing the point Just because you have this freedom and there's grace and forgiveness offered to you doesn't mean you should run around doing whatever it is you please, especially if it's at a detriment to the community, to the whole. And Paul says we should be a community that's far more concerned about others and their needs than about ourselves. Community is more than just a gathering. It's more than just coming and sitting. It's sharing life with one another engaging and encouraging each other serving one another and getting into the nitty gritty messy parts of life i want us to start asking the question of not what can my community do for me but what do i have to offer my community hebrews 10:24 through 25 Paul says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds and not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We want to be a community that embodies that. A community that encourages and spurs one another on. And we also want to be a community that loves one another enough to call us out and risk the uncomfortable. We desire to be a community that is brave enough to hold one another accountable in living lives worthy of the gospel to which we've been called. So I mentioned earlier how we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians and how I actually have already kind of uh, shared this message years ago at a different church. And so I felt like the Lord just was looking out because I had a crazy week. And I was like, oh, God, you're so good because I can just use this and kind of add new stories, update it, all of that good stuff. But I was like, I don't know how the heck to tie this into 1 Corinthians. I was like, sorry, Tommy, we're going to have to deviate. And I was talking to Christy the other day. Yesterday at the pool, we were hanging out with some friends Uh, Celebrating a birthday. And we were talking about this, and she was like, But Megan, actually, the entire book of 1 Corinthians is on accountability. And I was like, Oh, you're so right. You see, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth saying, Hey, how you're living currently is not what you've been called to, you've been called to something so much greater so much better and how you're currently living your life is not matching up to the life that you've been called to live and he says to them in in 1 Corinthians four verse four he says but look I am not writing to shame you but to warn you as my dear children I think a lot of times when we hear the word accountability we do attach it to this word of shame We feel like if someone is going to hold us accountable for our actions or the things we've done, it's because they want to shame us or make us feel bad about things. And Paul's clearly saying, no, no, this isn't about shame. I'm here to warn you that how you're functioning is not holy and it's not simply what you've been called to. You see, it was Paul's deep love, his affection, and his desire to see them continue to share the gospel with those around them and draw more people into the church, that's what compelled Paul to hold them accountable. It was his love for them. And Paul, you see, he knew that being a part of community came with responsibilities. Paul didn't just go and establish this church in Corinth and then. Say, all right, good luck, see you later. No, he continued to check in and follow up and hold them accountable. He knew that with community came the responsibilities of encouragement and admonishment. Philippians one twenty-seven says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. As Christians, Scripture is very clear about how we should be living our lives. Scripture calls us to a standard that is above the rest of the world. And yes, there is grace. And yes, there is forgiveness. And no, we are not going to reach perfection this side of heaven. But we can't miss the fact that Scripture does lay it out for us, that we are to strive To live lives that are worthy of the gospel. But we know this is no easy task. Life is hard. Trying to do right by scripture is hard. Often we feel like we're surrounded on all sides. This is why we need like-minded community. We need community to help us to encourage us, to spur us on, to cheer us on, and to lead us towards godliness. So that way, when we go back into the world, into our communities around us, we can reflect the character and the goodness of God. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, "Ah, I'm good, I don't really need community. Well, then I'm going to just preach to myself this morning. Because I know for me, in order to live a life worthy of my calling, I need people around me that are going to offer me comfort and warning. But if you're here this morning and you're desiring for that type of community, you want to be a part of a community that is striving for holiness through encouragement and through truth. And I'm gonna encourage you. You've got to jump all in. You can't just come and sit and go home. You've got to put yourself out there, connect. And it's scary, y'all. I know. Like I used to. Know, my mom thinks it's so wild since I met Jesus. Hey, mom. <laughs> See, I got you, Skip. My mom thinks it's wild because, like, growing up, I was not like really a people person. Like, I just, like, I was good with my best friend, and that was it. And so the fact that a couple years ago, when I first started on staff here, I was in Virginia Beach for school, and there was another local vineyard church, and I kind of talked to people because we were planning a conference, but not really. But they knew I was in town, and they were like, hey, you want to come to this young adult small group? And I was like, sure. And my mom happened to be on the trip because she was from Delaware, so we met halfway, and she was like, you're going to go to a house of people? that you don't even know, and I was like, I know them. They love Jesus. What's the worst that could happen, right? You've gotta put yourself out there if you want community. Take the risk and jump all in. And so I hope this encourages you to do that. I hope this encourages you to be a part of this community that's encouraging but also accountable. And so I know it wouldn't be super ven- beneficial if I just said this and then was like, all right, see you later. And so what we're gonna do for the next few minutes is look at what scripture says about how to be this encouraging community. I think it's so great, like have y'all ever realized scripture, scripture literally lays out everything for us. Like scripture will tell you how to do everything and so if you're ever having a question like oh i don't know like i'm in conflict with someone how should i go about it look at scripture scripture will tell you how do i uh relate to someone on the matters of sexuality look at scripture scripture will tell you how do i talk to somebody about who has differing views than i do scripture will probably tell you like scripture is so great but i think a lot of times we forget like it literally tells us how to do things. Hey, you're so, so fine. Like I was telling someone earlier, I'm sorry to call you out. But so in the first in the first service, someone also their phone went off and it started reading scripture and they came up and they're like I'm so sorry and I was like you don't have to be. I do student ministry. I've had a kid pull his tooth out while I was sharing a message. Like I'm like fine. I like It's all good. It doesn't matter to me. Um, We're people up here. (laughs) Now I've lost my train of thought. (sighs) But we're going to look at how Scripture tells us to be a community that encourages. One of the, the ways that Scripture tells us is to remind each other of who we are and who God is. Who we are is simply our identity in Christ. And so our community has the opportunity to remind us that we are new creations in Christ, that we are people of love and forgiveness, that we've been redeemed, restored, chosen, we are highly valued in Christ. That when we place our identity in Christ, we walk in love and in power. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I know I often fall victim to insecure thoughts about who I am. The world is really good at tearing us down. And so we need people around us who will remind us of who we are and our identity in Christ. And we also need people who will help remind us of who God is, of his faithfulness, of his goodness, of his sovereignty, That when our gaze shifts off of the Lord, they will help to direct it back to his face. In 2018, a lot of people in um, my close inner circle family, we call them honorary family, experienced really, really deep tragedy and loss, hardship. And it led me into a season where I began to question the goodness of God, which in turn led me to live in a way that was not always worthy of the gospel that I was proclaiming. And I wouldn't have made it through that season of my life without community. And there were a lot of people that surrounded me during that time that prayed for me and encouraged me into me. But there are three instances that I want to share with you all that really just stand with me. During that season of my life, Tim and Karen Holt were the pastors of the church. And they walked with me through that season, reminding me of who I was in Christ that I was forgiven, that I was redeemed, that I was made new that I had a calling on my life and they continued to encourage me and pour into me, calling me into who I was created to be. My friend Lauren at the time encouraged me and that although I couldn't see the hope and the light, I couldn't see Jesus around me, that she and my community would see Jesus for me until I could see him again myself. And then finally, Joe, who at the time I had the biggest crush on, but he's not here, but I finally, I finally won him over. He continually reminded me of the truth of the gospel and who God is. Anytime I would question God's goodness or why things were happening, he continued to point me back to gospel truths. And it was hard to hear sometimes, honestly. I was like, no, just let me cry. And He's like, no, I'm gonna tell you the truth. And he would remind me that whether or not you feel it or believe it or see it, God is good. And y'all, we need a community to speak truth of the gospel over us, especially when we can't speak it over ourselves. And truth isn't going to be found in magazines or TV or social media or music. Truth comes from God, his word, and through his people. And so we want to be a community that strives to encourage one another in the truth. And not only do we want to be a community that reminds one another of who we are and who God is, but we also want to be a community who calls us into who we can be. We get to and can be challenged by one another to reflect the true identity of who Christ calls us to be in our daily lives. This is where I've, I've been chewing on this idea for, I mean, I guess years now because it just is always back and forth in my mind about the Christian standards of living and grace and sin and and how it all comes together because God offers us grace for our shortcomings. But we're also called to live to this higher standard and I have a really hard time with expectations like I place like some really high, really unrealistic expectations on things and so often I'll place them on myself or other people, and so when we fall short, I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, I get so frustrated. And the Lord reminds me of Romans five twenty through 6, 4. And that although we're gonna experience shortcomings and there's grace offered for those shortcomings, we are called to strive ahead into fullness, the fullness that Christ has called us to. And so Romans five twenty through 6, 4. The law was brought in so that trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Lord, we too may live a new life. Because of what Christ has done for us, we are compelled to strive to leave sin behind and chase after a life of holiness. And we can encourage others to step into the life they've been called to by being an example through our lives. Before first service, I was sitting over here and they had just finished warming up, or I don't know what they do up here. And I was sitting there getting ready and I was just in my in my zone. And Crystal was standing here, and Skip walked over to her and just was like, I just want to affirm your calling and your worship lead. And like was going on and on and just like encouraging the heck out of her. And I was like, God, yes, this is this is it. This is community in its fullest, encouraging one another in who we are and calling us into the fullness of who he created us to be. And so although we can encourage others to walk in the fullness of who we've been created to be, we also get to strive and and engage in growth-producing activities. And growth is hard, like, they don't call it growing pains for no reason. Growth is painful, and it's uncomfortable. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone a lot of times, and it's going to stretch you, but it's going to grow you more and more into the image of Christ. And so some of these things may look like setting aside time to be in the Word daily, Some of you, you're like, yes, I love routine. This works for me. This is so great. And some of us are like, man, I cannot sit still for more than one minute. I don't have time for this. It's a challenge. But it's an opportunity to grow in fullness. Maybe it's serving somewhere in the church, in the community. You know, serving isn't about just getting things done, making sure we've got enough people to make things happen. No, serving is an opportunity to be a part of a community that will challenge and encourage you, and it will grow you. Like, those who volunteer in Vine Kids, I did it, I did it, I did my time. It, is, it will grow you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Maybe you're a little bit shy and you don't necessarily feel like you're um, comfortable talking with people. What a great opportunity to volunteer with hospitality where you can engage. Put yourself out there and engage with other people. Get to know your community. Serving isn't about just getting things done here. No, it's to us, serving is an opportunity to grow in the fullness of who Christ has made us to be or maybe you're a part of a small group, or you're not a part of a small group, but maybe you'd like to be, or maybe you don't think you need one. Well, let me tell you, I started a small group a few months back. I'd been thinking about it like, it was probably the Lord, I'm, let's just give it to him. He was, for a while, prompting me, Megan, start a small group, start a small group. I'd been in and out of like a, two small groups over the past six years, and. I just got busy. I'm in school. I do youth ministry. Like, it's a lot. I just like my me time. But the Lord was like, Megan, start a small group. And finally, I was like, all right, I will. And so I had a few girls. There's only there was only there was only there's six of us. But I reached out to each one of them, and I was like, hey, like, um, first of all, I know we don't really even know. Like, I didn't really know them very well at all, to be honest. And I was like, so I know we don't really know each other, but I'm thinking about, like, maybe getting some girls together. I feel like I just need some community. Um, I can only meet Tuesday nights because I'm busy. Um, if you can't come, that's okay, but here's, and they every single one of them, sounds great, see you next week. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I need to start cleaning my house. Um, <laughs> but y'all, it has been such a place of encouragement and accountability and just, Y'all, get in a small group. Like, there's I have nothing else to say other than, like, get in a small group because it is a smaller, more intimate community outside of what we have here. And so if you're—and it doesn't need to be, like, anything structured or some elaborate study. Like, we get together (laughs) and— I've been debating if I was going to say that. I didn't say in the first service because they were all in here. But we talk about, I, I tell my buddy Ross, I was like, we talk about the three Bs. I'm not going to tell you what the three Bs are and I'll leave it up for you guys to interpret for yourself. And he was like, what? But we, don't, we talk about the Lord and what he's doing in our life, but most of the time we just talk about life because life is hard. And we encourage each other and we share deep things with one another. And we talk about the three Bs. And it is so great and so y'all ask a few people hey do you want to get coffee together this week do you want to come over to my house for an hour and just hang out build community and you'll be amazed at how the Lord meets you there and uses that and then another huge growth activity I guess you will um, that has been life-changing for me is finding an accountability partner and i know that's a really cliche churchy word that is always thrown around but y'all it is it is so vital i think to have someone that knows the ins and outs of your life that you can share with them and you know that they're going to hold you to it and i know it's scary you don't want people to see the ugly parts of your life a lot of times you don't want people, to check. once you share, you're like, all right, but don't bring it up ever again. Right, that's me sometimes, I'm like, I'll tell you this, but like, we're not gonna talk about it anymore. And a lot of times it's because we, we carry shame, or guilt, or embarrassment with it. But did y'all realize that if you actually bring that to someone else, the shame, and the guilt, the embarrassment will leave. I don't know if you all know Ross, he's actually down there sharing the message with the students right now, but I stole this from him. Well, we confirmed middle of second service because I stole it from JJ who who said he stole it from Ross, so we don't know the originator, but we're gonna give it to Ross. He said, did you know that if you don't let others carry your burdens, you're actually preventing them from fulfilling what God has called them to do? And I've got my source. Galatians 6, 2 says to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We're called to carry one another's burdens. But when we withhold those things from other people, we're actually preventing them from being able to step into what God has called them to do. And start small. Like for some reason social media has made it this, this uh, given us this idea that we need to share all of our life with everybody. But like y'all some of it TMI, I I don't need to know all of it. Find one person. One person, maybe just one thing. One thing that you've been carrying with you that you need someone's help with carrying. And then maybe it will grow into a small group of people where you feel like, okay, this is a place now where I can share deep, intimate parts of my life. But be intentional about it. You don't have to just pick any random person to go share things with. Pray about it. Ask the Lord, hey, I've got this thing I've been carrying. Is there someone in my life I can share it with? He'll show you. He'll show you who that is. And it might be someone you're not even expecting, but it might be because the Lord knows that they've got the same thing going on or they've walked through that and they can minister to you through that. And they can call you into the fullness that you've been called to. And so along with encouraging others to walk in fullness, hyping them up, being their hype man, also comes admonishment. You see, the art of accountability is two parts, one encouragement and one admonishment. Admonishment is just this big churchy word that simply means to warn, correct, or guide someone. And we wanna be a community that loves enough to admonish one another. But remember Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians four that he wasn't writing to shame them, Admonishment is not shaming someone, it's to offer warning. It's to say, hey, I think we're headed in a direction that's probably not going to lead to fullness. When I think of encouragement or community of encouragement and admonishment, I get this image of a boxer. I had someone cheer earlier because I don't know, like, any movie references at all. They always make fun of me in staff meetings because they'll, like, quote things and I'm just like, don't know it, sorry. But I do know, I had to watch all of them, the Rocky movies, because I'm from outside of Philadelphia, so I've I've seen all of the Rocky movies. So I always get this image of, like, Rocky Balboa and his Coach Mickey and, like, They're like the church and community and accountability, and they're in the ring, and Rocky's in the ring, and he's fighting, and he's got his coach in his corner, right? And so imagine us in the ring, giving it our best, probably taking a few hits, might be bleeding. We've got our community in our corner. They're cheering us on. They're cleaning us up when we're bloody. But they're also pointing out our blind spots for us. Because sometimes the people who are around us can see more clearly than we can see. We might be in a so deep in a habit that we don't even recognize it as harmful anymore. We might not realize that the direction we're headed in is going to lead to death and not to life. But the people who are around us, they can see it. They can point it out to us. And time and time again, scripture talks about correcting and warning and admonishing one another for the benefit of the community in order for that person to walk in a way that is worthy of the gospel. And again, I love scripture because it tells us how to do it. Like having hard conversations is hard. I am very You know what, I'm going to change. I used to be very conflict adverse. I am growing and doing better at it. But it is so hard to have a hard conversation with someone. But scripture lays it out how to do it. Colossians 3.16, Paul writes, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. We are to use scripture and lean into the spirit when providing correction. Admonishment should be done carefully and prayerfully with wisdom and love. There have been times where I've had hard conversations with people with students I feel like I'm all like students you always have hard conversations some I've some I felt have gone very well they've been really receptive in the moment others ugh, I totally messed up I did not do a very good job but every time I've noticed when I lean into the Lord trust him that he's the one that's gonna do the heart change and just desire to honor him, he always comes through. It is incredible, the amount of times I've had hard conversations and walked away thinking, well, they're never gonna talk to me again. And then they text me, hey Megan, thank you so much for that. And I'm like, what, really? God is so faithful and we gotta just give it to him. Trust that his spirit will move. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I just don't know if I could ever do that. I wouldn't have the right words or enough courage. Romans 15, 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Scripture says we're filled with the Spirit who gives us knowledge and the competency to instruct one another when we press into the spirit we are able and we can do it well but I think the most important thing to remember when offering correction or admonishment to someone is that this is an opportunity to step into life with them You don't just go up to someone and say, hey, looks like you're headed down the wrong path. You should probably work on that. I'll see you, you know, see you on the other side. No, (laughs) right? This is our opportunity to step in and walk alongside that person. By choosing to call out, we have the responsibility to step in. We get the chance to walk alongside, to share that burden, and cheer them on along the way. Whether or not I have hard conversations with students and they wanna talk to me afterwards, I always, always tell them, I know this is hard, but I'm in it with you. If you want me to be, I am in it with you every step of the way. If you feel that you need to have a hard conversation with them, with someone, do it prayerfully, but please don't leave them alone in it. Step into it with them. They're gonna need you. They're gonna need you to be a part of their community. And so here at the church, we don't don't just say we're a community. this sounds great that this, you know, this message sounds really great. That sounds like a great type of church. I'd love to be a part of that. But like this actually happens. I was telling Skip between services. I was like, I have so many stories I wanna share and not enough time. So y'all are in luck, your second service. I can keep you here all afternoon. No, I'm just kidding. But like our our staff as a small group community is what I would consider us like a small group, I guess, I don't know, whatever, but, like, we hang out with each other outside of work, I mean, I know coworkers like, hang out with each other outside of work, but, like, we love each other, we are always texting each other, I had to silence my group notifications because like sometimes it's too much. Um, but like we go to each other's houses for parties. We, we have, y'all know Seth, he comes up here sometimes, he sings, he's in a play the next couple of weeks. We all went out as a staff to dinner and went to his play. It's the funniest thing in the world. I'm not a paid advertiser but like go see this play. What is it, the, the play that went wrong, It's that first press? Oh my gosh, I haven't laughed that hard in forever. But like we love each other. We are a community. We encourage one another. We call each other into fullness of Christ. And we also hold each other accountable in the hard ways. I've seen this played out on the youth leadership team. None of them are in here because they're all down there. So I can talk about them all I want without them getting uncomfortable. But it's the same with them. Like maybe even more so. Like I I think some of those guys like are with each other every single day. They're pouring in, they're serving students day in and day out. Wednesday night, I was here until 11.30 at night. I like go to bed at nine o'clock. 11.30 because some of the youth leaders were just hanging out afterwards and we were laughing and sharing stories and talking about what God's doing in our lives and a cockroach caught on JJ's neck and like we laughed, it was funny. Like, but that's community, we're together and we're laughing and we're talking about God and what he's doing. And it goes far beyond just sitting in here Sundays and Wednesdays, right? Those guys taught me how to golf. I don't golf. That's community. And so this week, I want you guys to think about who's in your circle? Who's encouraging you? And not just encouraging you in the worldly sense of be more successful, you look so great, Who is encouraging you in the truth of the gospel? Who in your life calls you out and calls you up? And are you willing to let people into the deepest, darkest places of your life? Thank you again for joining us online. We hope you enjoyed the message. To connect with us, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. For more information about who we are, check out seacoastvineyard.com. We would love to hear from you, so make sure you leave us a review or drop us a message. Until next time, have a great day.